Hey guys, welcome back to the Stories of Freedom podcast. We will get into today's episode in just a minute, but before we do, I just wanted to give a couple of updates. So things that you can look forward to coming up in the next couple of weeks and then leading into the next year. So basically today we were going to have Renee, my wife, we were going to have her on to share her story. But then we decided that we wanted to postpone that for two more weeks. So that's going to actually come out on Christmas Eve. So we haven't recorded it yet, but what we decided to do was do it in two weeks because um, that way we're going to be out of town that weekend, so we're not going to be able to record an episode. So we decided that would give us an episode that week, and then also it would give you guys about a week advance for our new podcast. So she's going to share her story in two weeks and her testimony, and then we're also going to talk about the podcast that me and her are going to start doing at the beginning of January. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but we talked about it about two weeks ago where Renee and I are going to go through the Bible in a year with you guys, the listeners. We're going to find a reading plan probably on the Version Bible app and have you guys follow along with us. And then once a week, we're just going to get together. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it, um, talk about what we learned and and what God you know showed us in that week's study. And then because it's in the Version Bible app, it is, and we can be interactive with you guys as well. Because if if we connect on the Uversion Bible app together as we're going through that reading plan, then um, you guys could talk about things and give your input, and maybe we could share that on the podcast every week as well. We want that to be very uh, listener or not oriented, but listener. Um, we want we want a lot of input from the listeners, I guess, and and just get really involved with you guys. So look forward to that. We'll talk more about that in two weeks when Renee is on. Um, Next week, we are going to have Kayla's uncle on. So he is a pastor out in Utah. I'm very excited to have him on. That should be interesting to hear. So that's coming next week. We're going to have him over the phone like we've done in the past because he's not local, but um, should be exciting. So look forward to that one coming up next week. And then this week, what we're doing, since we're not putting Renee on this week, what I wanted to give you guys this week, I remember I talked about uh, Pastor Leo at our church, Valley Christian Fellowship. I talked about um, the message that he gave last week and how it just really hit home with the whole idea of the gospel and the importance of the gospel. And even though there's these little, you know, as you, you can study the Bible and dive more into it, Sometimes it's important just to remember the simplicity of the gospel, and that's what it's all about. So his message last week was um, on that note, and uh, I just wanted to share it. I talked about maybe putting it up as a bonus episode. I didn't get a chance to do that, so I thought we'll push Renee's testimony off for two weeks, and that'll give us an episode that week, as well as lead us into the new year with our new podcast. And this week, I could share that message with you guys. I hope you guys like it as well as I did and get as much out of it as I did. So without any further ado, let's get into Pastor Leo's message from last week. And then next week, we will be back with another story from Kayla's uncle. going to be going to Matthew 26 a little bit later. 
So if you want to turn there, you can and, and put your finger in. We'll, we'll actually get back to that as time goes on. <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I've spent quite a bit of time this week studying and praying. As I told you, I was going to preach on Matthew 23, which talks about the hypocrisy of the uh, Pharisees and all kinds of different things. And so I did quite a bit of study this week, and last night as I sat down to finish the message and put it all together, uh, it just didn't come together. And so uh, over the years, I've learned that the Lord may be changing my direction when that happens, because if I'm trying to put a message together and it doesn't come together, then I'm realizing that the Holy Spirit is not cooperating with me, or should I say I'm not cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And so um, last week's message, um, speaking about the holidays and, and that we celebrate, you know, inspired me to, to ask some questions this morning and to give you some answers, because I think that um, many of, uh, of believers maybe don't know the answers to some of the questions I'm going to be asking today. And so some of us that may know the answers, might need to be reminded because it's a very important thing. Paul said this, or actually Peter, in 2 Peter 1 said this, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in present truth, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent, he's speaking about his body, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. So, so Peter said, hey, you know, I know I'm not going to be around forever. I know that there's going to be a time when, when he was going to suffer and, and lose his life for the sake of the Lord. But he said, while I'm here, I'm going to remind you of the things that are very important, even though you know them. I'll ask you a question. <laughs> uh, somebody asked me a question one time, do you, do, do, you, un, do you know this? And I said, I used to. <laughs> because we, we leak. Have you ever noticed that? We, we leak. We, we know things and we study things and we have them all figured out. And then, you know, several years down the road or whatever, we go, what, what, what was that? You know, I think it's good that we remind ourselves of things. Now, some of you may not have a problem with that. Maybe your memories are perfect. Right? I know that typically when there's an argument in the family, there's usually perfect memories on both sides, right? <laughs> now, that's not the way I see it, but anyway. I had somebody give me a hard time the other day about my memory. I said, look, I haven't forgotten anything I can still remember. And so we just move on from there, right? The reason I say that is because I think it's important that we remind ourselves of how important it is that we acknowledge who Jesus Christ was. Not just who he was, but what he did and the whole thing that surrounded this birth of Christ. Now today, we're going to finish the service by receiving communion. And, and I want it to be something that's more than just some kind of a ritual that we do. More than just something that we do because it's something we're supposed to do. I want it to really speak to our heart. I want it to minister to us because I believe that's exactly what Jesus would have us do. When he said, do these things in remembrance of me, he is telling us to keep that in the forefront of our mind always. And every time we do it, we should come to that place where I'm remembering what Christ has done for me. And so uh, 
if we ask these questions, I think it'll be good. First of all, let's go to Matthew 26, and we're going to read about the Passover. We know that Jesus and his disciples were, uh, you know, there in Jerusalem, and this is, this is right before he's going to be arrested, and right before he's going to be crucified, and all this, all the stuff that went on on the cross that we, that we talked about. And he said this in verse 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. How many of you are glad your sins have been forgiven? Amen? Wow. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so as I was, I was thinking about this and thinking about what I wanted to get across today in and, and, and Matthew 26, what, what are we supposed to remember? There's, there's a lot of things to remember. And I think it's important that we remember where we were without Christ. In other words, what, what kind of condition was I in before Christ drew me to himself, the Father drew me to Christ, and I received that forgiveness. I received what he had for me, and I applied that to my life, and then know what, what difference that made in my life. See, I've, I've witnessed that in so many of you, when you were born again, to see what God has done in your life and to see the new creation that God has made you. And he said, behold, when, when we receive Christ, if we're in Christ, we are a new creation. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And there is a newness in us. And do we still suffer and we have difficult times? Of course we do. But there's something that really takes place that, that changes us forever. Forever. I was just thinking, you know, um, last night, I, a lot of things going through my mind last night. And, and as I was praying and, and thinking about my, my life before Christ. And, and I, I try not to think about that very much. Because I'd like to forget a lot of it. Anybody here that is on the same page with me? I, I praise God for all the things I have forgotten. I do. I praise God for the things that I have forgotten. And I don't want them to be brought back up. But there are times when they just come. And I go, oh, man, why, why do I have to think about that? But what happens is when that happens, then I come to that place of realizing that that was a different man. That was a different man. That was a man who had the same name, had the same wife, but he was living a different life. And now I'm a new creation in Christ. I am a new man. And so when I think about those things, I can say, thank you, Jesus, that that guy is dead. And I have a new life in Christ. And we just talked about that. Man, when Eddie did the scripture up here, how perfect that fits to what we're talking about. That we are complete in him. We are complete. The Bible makes it extremely clear that 
everything we need for life and godliness, in 2 Peter he talks about that, everything I need for life and godliness is found in my knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything I need for life and godliness. What else is there? Nothing. Everything I need for life, everything I need to walk in godliness is available to me through my knowledge of Jesus Christ. What an awesome thing. And thinking about that, that's, that, that takes me into some of the things that I want to talk about today. And so as we, when, when Peter was saying, I'm going to put off this tent someday, I'm going to die. But until that time, I want to remind you who you were, who you are now, what Jesus did, and why you are no longer the same person that you used to be. Because when I do, when I take a communion, that's what he wants me to remember. He wants me to remember that I am a new creation in Christ, that when he died on that cross, when he took the stripes upon his back, I was healed emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I was healed. And I partake of some of it, some of it I don't. But I tell you, it's all available to me. And when I think about what he's done for me, when I remember that and I remember the suffering that he went through, I'm going to read some scripture to you today that will give you a picture of your condition before you came to Christ. Maybe you've never seen before. But I think that it will be, it'll be something that will open our eyes. So one question, why was it necessary? Why was it necessary that Jesus was born? I mean, it's a pretty simple question, but the answer is pretty complex. Why was it necessary that Jesus was even born? Well, first of all, it was predetermined, and by the foreknowledge of God, it was part, and it not only was part, it is our salvation plan. It is a salvation plan for the whole world. And before the world was ever created, Christ was crucified in the heart of God. He already knew everything that was going to happen. He knew who was going to come. He knew who was going to receive him. He knew that you would become a child of God. And if you're not a child of God yet, he knows when you're going to come, and hopefully that's today. Amen? Because today is a day of salvation, and right now, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, you need to make that decision and come be a part of the Lord. Now, his birth, his birth was the fulfillment of, of numerous prophecies all through the Old Testament. I mean, there were, there were, I mean, how many prophecies Christ fulfilled when he was born was, was unbelievable how many there were. And the fact is, he was. Now, why did he come? So we knew that, that there was a reason for him to be born. And so why did he come? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. So it's a simple answer. He came to save his people from their sins. And then also in 1 Timothy 1.15, this Paul is saying, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul saw himself in a way different light than, of course, many might have seen him. But when he talked about himself, there was a humility 
that came into his life, realizing that, that most likely Paul was probably in line to become the high priest. Good chance that that was kind of the way it was. And so he was, he was willing to give all of that up to follow Christ. He was willing to, to let all that go to follow the Lord and realizing how much suffering he would have had to endure as he did that. But, you know, I guess the, the uh, account of him coming to uh, Christ or Christ coming to him on the road to Damascus might have had something to do with that, of course. But his life got changed dramatically. So let's just look at a couple other things. Why was it necessary? Why was it necessary that Jesus be, cons- be born of a virgin? Why was it necessary that Christ was born of a virgin? Well, we see that, first of all, it was prophesied that he would be, I read the scripture earlier, that he would be born of a virgin. But, but there's something more to it than that, and it kind of lends to the next question, actually, because the two questions really come together. And why was it necessary that Jesus be conceived by the Holy Spirit? And the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the, the, the angel said the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be with child. And so when we see that Jesus was born of a virgin and he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, there's some really important, significant things here to understand. See, what happens is that if he was born of of a woman who was not a virgin, then it would have been pretty hard to say that the Holy Spirit had conceived the child. And so if, if there had been sexual activity prior to that, then she would have been obviously not pure, as the Bible would speak of this virgin. And so what we see also is there, there is no visiting of the sins of the father upon the child. And so any, any father was a sinner, because all of us are sinners, every man, every woman. And so because of our sinfulness, if there, was a, if there had been a, a human father that had, given, that had conceived Christ, then his sinfulness and his whole DNA type stuff would have transferred to Christ, and therefore he could have not been sinless, but he was. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, became sin for us. Wow. I tell you, if we could just kind of grasp that point and realize how significant that is, it would sometimes change the way we see our lives and change the way we see what Christ did. He who knew no sin. He had never experienced sin personally in his heart. Oh, he'd seen sin. We see him deal with sin all the time, right? We see that quite often. But personally, he had never dealt with it in his own heart. He was sinless, the Bible says. He who knew no sin became sin. He took on the sins of the world when he died on that cross. He took every vile thing that has ever happened. And people say, well, you know, there's some people say, well, he only bore the sins of those who are saved. That's enough. 
that's enough because I know what, what he took from me. I know what he took from me, and I know some things he took from some of you. And I know the things that he's taken from many people who have come to Christ. And so even if that was the case, which I don't believe it is, that's enough. Because the sinless Son of God stretched his arms out on that cross and took the sins of the world upon himself. Every vile thing, every murderer, every rapist, every every abuser, everything that you can imagine, he took it. And the father turned his back on him at that moment. And Jesus said, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Because the father couldn't abide the sin. But when Christ took it, he bore it. I can tell you, we don't get it. We don't get it. We, we, we understand it somewhat in our mind, but to really grasp it, we just can't. It's just beyond our ability to even fathom everything that he took upon us, upon himself, for our benefit, for our benefit. So the sins of the Father would not be passed down. There could be no chance, there could be no chance of another seed defiling the whole process. It had to be a virgin. It had to be the Holy Spirit. If it was not a virgin, there would have been no reconciliation on the whole concept of the purity of it. Because you guys... You guys understand the concept of what happens to dogs, right? If a purebred is bred by another dog that's not a purebred, it messes them up, right? And, and, and they, they're, they're no longer a purebred after that. But so I'm not saying we're like dogs, but <laughs> it, I'm just trying to get that concept across that there was no chance of a seed defiling the whole process because the virgin and the Holy Spirit is the way it had to be. <clears throat> so what does it mean to us right now? This message is not going to be long. I tell you what, I was in the kitchen earlier. Man, I'm ready for some of that food. That is really smelling good in there. If you're a guest, would you please stay and have lunch with us today? And, and we want you to go first. Make sure you get all the stuff really good and hot. And uh, we'll just have a good fellowship time. I, uh, <clears throat> last night, was putting this message together. And like I said, um, the reality of what has happened in here for me kind of just hit me and the tears just came they just they just came and I'm praising God for that and I, I will tell you that I was crying out to the Lord I was crying out to him I'm saying God 
help me. Help me. Get it across to your people. Help me. Make it so it touches their heart the way you're touching mine right now. Help, help me, because I can't do it. I'm just, I'm just Leo, man. That's all I am. But the, the power of the Holy Spirit can do that. And I asked God, I'm crying out to God, Lord, let them see, let them, let them experience what it means to be a child of God. To be a child of God. A blood-bought, forgiven, adopted, brought into the kingdom, a king's kid, a place at his table, eternal life, constant communication with the Lord whenever we want it, and sometimes even when we don't. And he's there for us. He's there for us. I would like uh, you guys to... to um, cue up that song so it's it's going to be ready to sing um i'm going to do it twice i want to do it and then i want to read a scripture and then we're going to do it again is that okay can you bear with me on that all right so let's go ahead and, and put this on this is my favorite christmas song and the reason is because it is a powerful message and it talks about who we were and then it talks about who we are and I want you all know the song, but just sit back and let the words of the song minister to you. And then I'm going to give you some other scripture to think about. You guys with me today? Yeah. All right, good. That's where we were. That's where we were. That's where we are.
That's good, brother. I know there's more to it. I was going to sing it. But I decided that you'd probably like it better from someone else. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 16. Bible tells us that first the natural, then the spiritual. He also tells us that many things happen in the Old Testament to those as an example to us in whom the end of the age will come. He tells us that many things that happen to the children of Israel are an example of spiritual things that we deal with today as the children of the Lord in the New Testament. Does that make sense? First the natural, then the spiritual. But what he's saying here is he's talking to Israel, and he's talking about their condition, and he talks about what he has done in their lives and how they actually turned after he had done this miraculous thing. And again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man... Cause Jerusalem to know her abominations and say, Thus says the Lord God of Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, I want you to get this picture and I want you to put yourself in that place spiritually because that's exactly what I'm talking about. And the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor swaddled in swaddling clothes. No, I pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, But you were thrown out into the open field when you yourselves were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you, I saw you struggling in your own blood. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. The word pining is is a picture of struggling in your own blood. And I said to your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field. And you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. How many of you know that the Lord sees you as beautiful? He sees you as beautiful. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are perfectly clean in his sight and in his eyes. And I come to him boldly to his throne of grace because of his grace and mercy. And because of that grace and mercy, I am beautiful unto the Lord because he sees me through the veil of Christ. Oh, my gosh. Listen to what he says. I um, I don't. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed 
Your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was a time for love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. You became mine. Then I washed you in water by the washing of the word. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. And I clothed you in an embroidered cloth, gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrist and a chain on your neck. I put a jewel in your nose. This is a different day. <laughs> Earrings in your ears. <laughs> and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. And your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I have bestowed on you, says the Lord God. Do you see yourself that way? Do you see how God sees you? Do you remember where you were and where you are? Do you remember? Let the Lord bring that back to your remembrance. Oh, my gosh. When you read the next paragraphs, it turns sad. But you trusted in your own beauty. And played the harlot because of your fame. And poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. You took some of your garments and adorned multicolored high places for yourself. And played the harlot on them. Such things should not happen. Nor be. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver which I had given to you and made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. And it just goes on and on and on. The beauty and the splendor of our God is upon you. Let's make sure that we take care of it. Let's make sure we take care of it. I want to play the song again, and I want you to listen to those words. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. There was a, a desperation. Uh, it's almost like a no Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. See, one of the things that we find out in our world today right now is that people don't see their value. They don't see their value. They don't see what we see can happen in people's lives. And they just see themselves 
as nothing. And that's why they do so many things to themselves to destroy themselves. They don't see their value. Man, know that you, if you were the only person left, Jesus would have died for you. He would have died for you because he did. And it says that he had you on his mind. On his mind. He was thinking when he was on that cross, he was thinking of Dennis Waters. He was thinking of Tim. He was thinking of Shelley. He was thinking of every one of you. We were all on his mind. We think that's impossible, but it's not. If he knows every hair on your head, believe me, he knows your name. He knows who you are. And when he died for you, he said, I'm dying for him, I'm dying for her. And he did it. Let's hear the song one more time. Ushers, you can prepare for communion if you'd like, please. good guys thank you I'm going to 1 Corinthians 11 I'm going to be talking about if you're a guest please participate with us we we have open communion and we welcome you to participate with us because if you're a Christian we're going to spend eternity with you so I, I think it would be okay to have communion together don't you think yeah I think so you can go ahead and pass it out <clears throat> Paul
Paul is talking to us in 1 Corinthians 11. And he's given us instruction on the right way to partake of communion. And what he's saying is this. You're not really giving it the right attention that it needs. You're missing the point. You're missing the point of what communion is about. He said you come together, you eat and drink. Some of you eat, other people don't get anything to eat. Some of you come drunk, you, you're, you're just not doing it right. So he gives us instruction. It says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worst. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That's not what you're coming for. For in eating, each one takes his own ahead, or takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and the other is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Then he talks about eating in an unworthy manner and all that sort of stuff. Here's what I want to talk about today for you. I want you to just bow your heads before the Lord after you've been served and just begin to remember what we're doing here this morning. What's happening? We are partaking of natural bread and, and natural juice here, but there's a spiritual element to this that I hope that we can participate in this morning. That as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm really reflecting on the fact That just as Eddie read those scriptures, everything I need is available to me through Christ. When we talk about the table of the Lord, there is so much there for us. I envision the table of the Lord as being everything we need. We sit down at the table that has our name on it. There's, there's a name there. Your name. And as you take place at that, at that spot, everything you need is there.
everything. <clears throat> so if, if God is truly God, then it just makes total sense that everything we need, he has. And if he's not, we're just all in big trouble anyway. Right? But he is. And he's there. He's our father. We are his children. And we are available to receive all that he wants to give us. It's all available to us. I think just about everybody's served now. Okay. <clears throat> Father, we, we bring you, we bring you ourselves. I know that many are here with their family and their wives and husbands and all those that, that are here, we're all friends and family and brothers and sisters in the Lord. But God, right now, at this very moment in time, I come to you by myself, for myself, and present my heart to you in gratefulness and thanksgiving. I remember what you did for me. I remember that I laid in that field spiritually in my own blood, pining with no hope. But you came by and picked me up, washed me off, made me beautiful before you. And now, God, I acknowledge that. And Lord, everything you've given me, all the, the jewelry and the gold and the silver and the and, and the fine clothing that you've put on me spiritually, God, I acknowledge it. It was your splendor. It is your splendor. And I bring you my heart right now. Take me right where I am. God, use me for your glory, God. As we partake of the body together, let's do it together. Thank you, Lord. And now we take of the cup. <clears throat> At this time, we should have a very highly emotional song that causes us to really reach back and say, oh boy, that's, that's awesome. But you know what? We don't need a song. All we need is if you need if you need Christ as your Savior, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm inviting you to come. And, and our prayer team, I'd like our prayer team to come, be available for all those who need prayer. Okay. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, I don't care what it is, the prayer team is here to pray with you. If you need personal prayer and you want to just spend some time, we have a prayer room that, that we can go into and you can a prayer team member will take you there and, and pray with you and minister to you, whatever you'd like. But if you've never received Christ, he's here for you. 
He's here for you. And, and he, he died for you. And guess what? He saw your face. As he was there, he saw you. He loves you. Just play a little something. Not jingle bells, but. Let's all stand. Can we just stand before the Lord right now? Listen, if you have prayer needs, come. I'm going to pray and I'm going to bless the food. We want you to stay. Feed your family. Clean some of that food out because I'll be eating that stuff all next week if you don't. And I know what happens. And uh, anyway, praise the Lord. Father, we come before you now and, and thank you for this great day. I thank you for this house you've provided for us to worship you, to praise you, to fellowship with our brothers and sisters, and God, to reach this valley, Lord, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray you bless our meal today. Thank you for all those who volunteered and, and cooked it and provided it for us. But Lord, we are grateful, and we just pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, God bless you guys. Come and receive prayer.